Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. It requires great passion and purpose in order to reach extraordinary success. Born to Achieve will lay out numerous life-empowering principles in your quest towards greatness. Learn important tools for strengthening your position academically, personally, and socially. Examine the key components of a highly effective leader designed at taking you and the organization that you serve to the next level of success. This book will partner with you as you actively pursue your purpose and move into your place of destiny. Born to Achieve, Living in Pursuit of Greatness by Michael T. Brown. Michael T. Brown, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Good evening, Michael. Thank you for having me. What a, what a privilege. 
Yeah, man, and I'm excited to have you back, Mike, because, you know, we, we've been talking about doing something brand new. That's the way we introduced you the last time we had you on the show, but now we've really got something new in store, and I just wanted to, to go back to that so remind people about Born to Achieve and a little bit about the guy who I'm about to introduce as a host of a, a brand new talk show here on A Measure of Truth. So, Mike... <laughs> I'm really excited about this from the very beginning. We've talked back and forth, but um, just tell us a little bit about what also brought you to this point that you said to yourself that, man, I would like to be able to, you know, sort of reach out and explore radio and um, do this talk show that we spoke about. Well, Mike, I tell you, in many ways, it's been a culmination of life experience, uh, that has brought me to this point. We spoke the other day about how, you know, you get opportunities in life, and sometimes people think it's about the present, but really it's been a lifetime of experience, a lifetime of uh, sharing with others, having others share, having shared with me. That brings me to this point where I am just absolutely excited and ecstatic to be able to flood the airways with, with something new, something creative, something that... Um, is going to be positive for, for our listeners. We really want to encourage, empower, and educate people on a lot of different issues, whether it's dealing with relationships, um, world world uh, issues that we're facing right now, and a lot of other topics that oftentimes, you know, I think have been dumbed down. And I know that your brand, your your mission has been to uplift and encourage others. And I want to join in that conversation. So to be able to partner with you and to be able to reach out to to an audience that is hungry for positivity, um, you know, in many ways, the time is right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, ever since we had our first conversation at that Starbucks, man, I mean, we must have talked for, what, four hours? <laughs> and, um, yeah. We got a chance to really get to know one another and to share a little bit. Um from that point on, you know, I had already had focused in my mind um, trying to do a show like this. And um, this is the pilot that we're going to introduce to you guys in um, about 20, 25 minutes or so. But um, the whole concept is this, because, um, Michael, you know, the brown bag to me is you because it's it's really just like I said. The, top, the byline is um, the brown bag, which is real talk. Nothing fancy, just good food for thought. And, and that's what I got out of that conversation we have. It was just, you know, some real talk about some real issues. And it, it gave me a, a chance to see um, the man who's behind um, the persona, you know, the, the real man and what you stand for as well as your your beliefs and your your life mission and a lot of the things that really connected me to who you really are as a person. And uh, I was very, very impressed. I, I just couldn't stop talking to my wife about you when I got home and to the point where she just didn't want to hear anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, know, Mike, um, I've been blessed to have been surrounded by great people throughout my life, uh, mentors, people that have poured into me. I'm a prime example of a person that you know, necessarily didn't have the, the pedigree or the name recognition, but 
um, I believe I'm gifted to connect with people and to really to really listen. Every person has a story, and that's an innate part of who I am. I love people's story. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has experience that brings them to the table. Um, and, and, you know, that's been a skill that has lent itself well, just to be able to sit and listen and share with others. Um, you know, as an educator, um, one thing I've noticed is that uh, many people come to the table, and, and many times we see, you know, outward behaviors and, and we see where they are right now. But if we would actually sit and take the time and listen to their backstory, you know, what brought them to the point of where they are, you can learn a lot about people, and then, you have, then you're in a much better position to be able to address whatever issues are on the table. Um, and, and that's really what I'm excited about with, with our new show, you know, to be able to, to, to have real talk about real issues, real situations, and allow everyone to, you know, share their voice and to have an intelligent conversation to be able to get to know one another and wrap our minds around a lot of the pertinent issues that we're, that we're dealing with in today's society. Um, as we know, the issues are numerous. There's, there's, there's a lot of negativity out here. There's a lot of um, vying for position. You know, we all, to a certain extent, want to be successful. But I believe we've got to really start to listen to one another and to get to know one another. And then once you get to know someone, like we did, you know, when we sat kneecap to kneecap in that Starbucks and you began to share your, your, some of your story with me, now you start to realize, you know what, we have a lot of commonality, and then we can partner together to get some positive things done. So that's one of your gifts, Mike. You're a giver, and you giving me this opportunity is, is monumental, and we're gonna, we want to make the most of it. We're going to make the most of it, and we really want to, you know, inspire, educate, and empower the audience. Absolutely. And um, tell us a little bit more about um, some of what you've been able to accomplish um, leading up to your book as well as um, how you've helped to, to direct the lives of um, young people and others as well. Well, I've been uh, an educator for 13 years now. Um, I've had the opportunity to serve as a a school counselor in both the middle school and in high school. So I've gotten the opportunity to work directly with, I'd say, thousands of young people up until this point. Um, many, many stories, you know, if my walls could talk, I tell mm -hmm. you, there'd really, there'd really be a lot to, to share there. Um, so, so really it comes from a, a, that foundation of being an educator, having the opportunity to work closely with families in that setting, um, and I've also had the opportunity, you know, to do home-based counseling. So, so being able to being able to go into the home and see some of the various issues that our young people are facing. Um, people might be surprised, and they might not be surprised. We hear so, so often about the negativity that you know that we see from our youth, but man, I get to see that other side as well. I get to see those scholars. I get to see those children who are making it happen with very little. Um, so I, I approach it from an educator. I also approach it um, uh, as a servant leader in church. Uh, I approach it from um, being a father, being a parent now. And that, that tells you a little bit about my background. Um, I'm that guy that you might see out in the community and you might say, well, how, why is he here? How did he get here? Well, part of it is, is that 
again, I believe in partnerships. I try to connect with positive people and see how we can help elevate one another's mission. Uh, I'm excited about our guest that we're going to have coming up later tonight, another young man that I've been able to partner with, uh, and we're going to be doing some some exciting things, and we're, we're going to hear more about that later. But, uh, again, education, education, education. When people have the skills and the tools to do better, many times they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And um, it seems to me everything about you is about opportunity and about advancement and helping people to reach their potential. And um, that that's an exciting thing now because there are so many barriers right now. There's so many things that are holding people down, that are restricting people's growth, that are just taking away the hope and the dream of success and of just being prosperous in today's economy and just the way that the world has turned in the last few years. So um, we want to talk about some things that are, you know, real brass tacks about the, the things that people may be overlooking that may be those obstacles, the things that they need to let go to, to move forward. And, um, you know, I, I know that you've got a lot of skills and, you know, being constructive about helping people to, to move forward. And um, and you've actually done some work with um, students creating some workshops or seminars of that nature, correct? That's right. That's right. Um, I've actually, I work with the early identification program um, throughout the Northern Virginia area, several school divisions. Uh, partner together with George Mason University, and I'm the county coordinator for Prince William County, and our main goal is to help first-generation students get to college. So it's a college preparatory program. And having that opportunity to spend three weeks throughout the summer um, with these young people who will be the first in their family to go to college, you get to see directly many of the barriers. As a school counselor, Mike, I've had students come into my office and say, hey, can you change my schedule? You know, uh, I need to adjust it because I'm the only one working at home. Mm. And what you see is a certain amount of resilience that um, the desire to be successful in many of us, it's there, it's innate. But how do we remove those barriers? Well, part of it, I believe, is our job, us leaders, to step up and meet people where they are. Um, and, and some of that takes, some of that I believe we have to look beyond the surface, look beyond the sagging pants, look beyond, you know, maybe the dread. And what you'll start to notice is if you're willing to get beyond the surface, you'll see that there's nuggets of greatness there. Um, I believe innately, in many ways, we are resilient. But sometimes, Mike, you just need that support. You need that encourager in your ear. Uh, you need that person to say, you know what, you can reach your goal. You can make it, and here's our strategy. Here's, our, here's some basic steps. First of all, of course, we know, you know, education is important. Um, and where those skills might be lacking educationally, um, we've got to, to try to meet those, meet those, uh, fill those gaps, if you will. Of course, you know, family structure is so important. That's why I'm so excited about this show. We want to talk about issues that, that touch the family. Uh, Mike, I'm sure you know, families are hurting in many ways, mm-hmm. not just financially, but relationally. Um, exactly. We want to talk about those those basic values, some of those basic values that, that help us get, to help us reach our goal. Um, so a lot of these different topics that we want to highlight on this show, 
I think people are going to resonate to them because, like, like you said in, in the byline, it's nothing fancy. We're going to be brown bagging it, Mike. We want to cut mm-hmm. through the fluff and deal with, you know, the issues that are really affecting people. And I believe um, the market or, or, you know, that I, I believe that the the lines are open for us to be able to, to really, you know, flood the airways with positivity. I believe people are really, really hungry for skills, strategy, and encouragement. Everybody and, needs encouragement. Everyone needs encouragement. And, you know, it's, it's interesting that so many people out there, even in the social stratosphere, everyone's searching for um, a way to keep themselves busy in entertainment, but they're not really connecting with one another like you said before. It's a skill that's being lost in our young people, the art of conversation. Um, People are are just texting and chatting and looking at um, these online relationships as if that's real communication and you can really build a friendship that way. I mean, it could be a robot on the other end of these texts. You know, It, it doesn't really matter. I mean, that is not how you connect with people, but Again, we're, we're falling into a hole, and we're being led there, um, assuming that we're keeping up with trends, but really we're, we're falling through the cracks. So, And uh, I think yeah. that even using some of these new methods of interaction, we can use them all together and sort of um, weave in uh, a way for people to learn to reconnect and be more meaningful in the things that they're doing, but also um, – you know, seek out the wisdom and um, the knowledge that's out there for them that will help them in their lives as opposed to helping them to forget the situations that they're in. That's right, Mike. And in many ways, you know, we might not be able to forget the situations that we're in, but it will give us the courage to face it and confront mm-hmm. it. And I believe as leaders, one of our main goals as leaders is to help people confront reality, mm. face the issues, develop a strategy, and move out move out on that strategy. Um, you make a very key point in that in our lives now that become so intertwined with media and how, how busy we are. My question is, what are you busy doing? Are you so busy that your relationships are falling aside? Have, are you so busy now that spirituality is not important? Um, are, are you so busy that, um, you know, your relationships are not intact? I don't know about you personally, Mike, but I can have great success on the job. I can have great success out in the community. But, I, you know, it's a goal of mine to be not just be a public success and then be a private failure, you know, right. uh, you know, to, to, to receive accolades, but, you know, me and my wife not be on good terms or me and my children be disconnected. And a lot of these things, let's face it, takes time. Sometimes you got to say, you know what, no more Twitter tonight. Um, let's let's spend some time. Let's let's have a family night, with, with, you know, at home uh, or a movie night. Getting back to some of these tra- these basic values. And I don't even say traditional values. I say basic. Um, not that I've mastered any of it. You know, I'm I'm very transparent. I'm a work in progress. But when you have the desire to do better, and I see that so much in people, and so much is particular in our young people. There's a hunger and a desire to want to be successful. And in many ways, they're saying through their actions, help me get there. How do I get mm-hmm. there? What's my role? Mm-hmm. I had people along the way, Mike, and I know we've shared personally, you know, stories. And I wouldn't trade my four-hour conversations that I've had with, with great people for, for nothing. 
But I would say this, you know, um, there's been people along the way for me that gave me that boost of encouragement, that took me under their wing, that that showed me, hey, this is how you this is how you get there. And if it weren't for many of those people, you know, um, I don't know if I'd be where I am today. And we yeah, want well, to, we want to provide that on the air on the airways as well. Absolutely, and none of us can get to really where we need to be without the help of others. It will, it will, and that's where relationships are so important, because if you can develop strong relationships with folks, then you can have the type of um, loyalty it takes to be able to get through some of the hard paths in life. So um, these things are really, really important. That's right. Relationships are key. You saw me almost trying to interrupt you there, Mike, because you're making such a powerful point. And uh, in education, I learned this early on. There'll be no significant learning unless there's a significant relationship. Mm. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. How many times have maybe you've been in the classroom, think about you know growing up, where maybe you weren't that interested in the subject matter, but you had that teacher that was so passionate about their subject, you just got with the flow anyway. For right. me, it was in the eighth grade, Miss Miss Green. She was my science teacher. And, man, she was passionate. She came in so passionate about her subject area. You had no choice but to just get with her. Mm-hmm. Even if you didn't care that much about the subject, you just went with the flow. You could just feel her engagement and her excitement. And I get that pit in my stomach when it talks about empowering the lives of others and encouraging others. Um, again, we all need encouragement. It's not I don't believe it's something you have to work for. Um, I also teach parenting classes here in the in the Northern Virginia area, and that's one of the key principles that we talk about in parenting, and that is encouragement. Use it early, use it often. Most people, I believe, respond to positive reinforcement. Um, hearing how horrible you are usually isn't much of an incentive to get up and get going. But when you get right. that person in your ear saying, you can do it, and not only you can do it, but here are a few tools to fill your tool bag, then that person is empowered. And particularly when you think about men, my, my I'm passionate about seeing men, you know, reach their reach their, their, their utmost ability. All people, but really men. Men are hurting in many ways, Mike. One thing I've noticed when I'm speaking with men or working with men, whether it's in ministry or just out in life, is that you don't have to beat men over the head with what they need to do. Many men have already been beaten down enough. What they need is a roadmap and some strategies, and once they see it, then the light goes off, and then many times they'll take it and run with it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, as men, many times we're doers. You know, it's like, show me what right. I need to do, and I'll do it. And so, as you can see, I'm passionate about seeing others reach their, their optimum ability. And um, what a blessing, what an opportunity. Yeah, and, and, you know, we were talking about success um, and people, you know, pushing to reach goals and things like that. I think one of the key problems is as well, um, people are being sold a, a bill of goods because they, they're they looking, they've identified and defined success for themselves as something that someone has told them would be success for them. And, and even if they do achieve that, they find that they're not happy because that thing was not something to be sought after. It was just something that they assume would get him, 
get them to the place where they would be content, happy, and um, feel that they have achieved. And um, this is why you see a lot of people have these breakdowns. This is why you see people who have committed suicide after seeming to be so successful. So this um, misdirection is really, really important for people to understand and not waste this energy and their their um, talents and resources on things that, again, are empty dreams. Mike, that's so key that you say that. I think we might have found our topic for show number two. How yeah. do you define success? <laughs> that, mm. that's, a, that's a huge topic. What, what does success mean to you? For many people, you know, it is material. Um, I remember being younger kind of thinking, you know, if I can get my house, get my car, you know, family situated, I want to sit back and say, man, I made it. And, man, how wrong was I? There's some moments that you reach in life, Mike, where you can have the material success, but you can be praying about something or hoping for something, desiring something, and it puts it into perspective. You know what? These material things, as nice as they are and as, as appreciative as we may be, in many ways don't define success. How many people can you inspire? How many people can you motivate? Will your legacy live on after you? And I don't mean legacy in just, you know, what others might say about you when, when we're no longer here. But how many lives will still be uh, inspired by, your, by, by what you've done? Um, you talk about, you know, uh, things that, that shatter our dreams, those interrupters, if you will. Um, and in many ways, those are those times where the investment that has been made in us, the seeds that have been planted in us, will grow. Um, back in January, my father, you know, went home to be with the Lord. And I was thinking mm. today, I was actually watching uh, Oprah's life class. She was talking about the importance of fathers on her show. And, I, you know, it really hit me. I said, man, those 36 years that my dad deposited in me, powerful, Mike, powerful. Mm. Mm. Of course I'd love to call him right now and have a conversation. But I tell you what, those 36 years that he implanted, man, I'll, I'll eat off of that for the rest of my life. His legacy mm. continues. So i got to mm. shout him out today on our first show. Um, those people that have, that, that have gone before you and uh, that plant those seeds of greatness, if you will, they'll grow. So, Mike, we have a responsibility. We have a moral obligation, I believe, to pass that on to the next generation. That's one of my taglines that I, I put on my, my Twitter when I, when I send little messages. Inspire mm -hmm. a generation. Inspire yeah. a generation. Um, we have the ability to do that. But we've got to start to see ourselves as that inspirer. We've got to see ourselves the way God sees us, um, you know, above, not beneath. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a low self-esteem, uh, you know, I, I attack that hard. I want to see people feel good about themselves, be encouraged, but at the same time, you know, I'm not naive. We've got to wrestle with the issues that confront us. We've got to wrestle with, you know, the relationship issues that we know are there, uh, the father issues that we know are there. Um, in many ways, I believe that fatherhood issue is the is the tree that many of our societal ills fall from, and we've got to attack that head on. The need for fathers to step up, um, of course, all family members, but really we got to attack that right mm. at the heart. Yeah, and uh, and I hear you saying something else really important that I wrote down. We we really need to be focused and intentional about what we're doing. 
Yeah, um, we we can't hope that we inspire. We have to set out to do that ahead of time, and the only way to do that, exactly. So, um, yeah, uh, and I'm excited about this whole thing. Um, I think it's going to be big only because I think I spoke with you before too about this. You you have to, you can't just try to develop a show concept. You have to look to serve a need. And we already know what the need is. We only have to figure out what we're going to do about it. And in doing that, I think that everything else is going to fall into place. And people who call in and who participate uh, via Twitter or Facebook chats and everything else we'll be using to sort of bring people into the fold will help us to understand, too, how we can better serve. And uh, I'm excited about that as well. I am, too. We want this to be, and it is, the people's show. Again, you said earlier, nothing fancy, real talk. Um, we want people to partner with us in this conversation, like-minded people, and those who aren't even necessarily like-minded. We want to hear from you. Um, you know, we need we need all hands on deck to to encourage us, to encourage ourselves, and, and we really want this to be a show to to the people, for the people. We want your interaction. We want your feedback um, because, as we know, you know. The issues are there that that confront us, but together, if we'll partner together, I, I tell you that the power of partnership is key. That's awesome. And um, what we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and segue right into the next portion. And um, the way we'll do that is we'll take a quick break, and um, we'll be right back after this. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth... You have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. 
We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here, and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. The Brown Bag on a Measure of Truth. Real talk. Nothing fancy, just good food for thought. Britton Smith is a co-founder of Smith Warfield, a national campaign strategies firm that specializes in helping organizations and candidates appeal to a more modern and reflective demographic. Britton attended Russ College in Holy Springs, Mississippi, where he received a B.A. in political science. After beginning his career in the political realm, serving as a page for his state senator and representative, he would later work in several capacities on Capitol Hill. After a brief stint in the U.S. Department of State, Britton hit the campaign trail full-time, working for candidates in Virginia, Montana, and his home state, Mississippi. Britton also worked for several members of Congress as well as Mississippi State Senate. He has received many accolades and is the creator of the W.A. McMillan Leadership Conference. Britton Smith, welcome to the Brown Bag. Good evening, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're Thank welcome. You're so welcome. <laughs> All right, Mike, well, tell us a little bit about Britton and why you brought him to the show today. Wow, what an honor to have Mr. Britton Smith as our first guest, our inaugural guest. This is a young man that I've I've met here in this region, and ever since meeting him, I noticed that there's a likeness with the both of us. He is passionate about empowering people and empowering the community. Britton, let me just allow you just a little bit of time to Tell us a little bit about yourself. What brings it? What brings you to uh, being our first guest? Educate the audience. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I got the opportunity to meet and get to know uh, Michael uh, Michael Brown, and we worked together in many capacities in our ministries, and we got to fellowship and, and speak. And as you said, we do have a common likeness about empowering each other, empowering the community, and impressing leadership uh, upon those that we affect. Um, I'm a native Mississippian, made my way up to D.C. in the political realm, and I think the biggest thing that really launched my start in politics and my interest in politics uh, is the things that are the things that my mother did for me, uh, the exposure. One word, just simple, the exposure. My mother exposed me to many opportunities, things that I would not have seen growing up in my community. I would not have had experience. Um, I had the opportunity to pay, and I reluctantly did it, went down and saw how interconnected the world is and how interconnected everything that we deal with in life, from sports, government, to from sports and business and um human rights, animal rights, uh, forestry, infrastructure, wow. everything was in one place. And 
and I knew that that was a way that I could get a hold and affect my community for the better. Mike, that's good. I mean, uh, Britton, that's good. That's good. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between politics and policy? And the reason why I want you to go there is because sometimes when people hear the word politics, let's face it, that has a negative connotation. Right. But at the heart of politics is policy, and you talked about how policy affects us. Go into that a little bit deeper. Sure, two things. Um, a simple working definition for uh, politics uh, is, according to David Easton, is just the study of who gets what, when, and how. And 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 that's just the simple politics as we we hear uh, the the politics of business, the politics of this industry. Um, we throw that word politics around, and it does not necessarily appeal to government. The difference between policy. Where where we draw the line between the policy and the politics, our politics do affect the policy, and the policy is is what actually touches the community, what actually touches the base constituent, the environment, the the the, the desired area. So um, I got an opportunity to experience effective policy and see effective policy from a state level, from a federal level, from a local level, and that's just the application of ideas, the application of thoughts and comprehensive strategies to better our community. Britton, imagine that a young man were listening to you tonight, and we hope we have some young listeners. How does a young man navigate himself to get to a similar place of where you are. You talked a little bit about your background. Ian, take us in a little bit closer. Tell us a little bit more about your story of how you're working so intricately with these policymakers. All right. My grandfather, uh, the late Reverend Howard T. Smith, was one of the uh, best networkers I'd ever seen in my life. Um, One of the things he impressed upon me was that relationships matter. And I got to see him interact with other ministers, and I saw how he navigated and, and, and utilized that platform to not only befriend but share ideas, share philosophies. And it, it, just, it just resonated within me to this day. And as my mother exposed me to so many different things, I was blessed to have the vision to to hone in on that, hone in on the relationships that I've built. And I got an opportunity to work with a, a good brother of mine, a, a good friend, uh, Dale D. Warfield, and we were able to start our own campaign strategies firm, Smith Warfield. Wow. And we just we had the vision. We believed in each other. We believed in the common goal, and we – are actively getting a chance to affect the policy and affect the dreams of some of our future policymakers. Hmm. Excellent, excellent. Tell me, what are some of the things or some of the issues that you're engaged with right now? Right now, uh, we're working on, uh, we have several different projects we're actually going with um, from 
working in Maryland, getting a chance to add Maryland to the list of states that I'm that I'm working on, um, working with some uh, just laying the groundwork for for several campaigns um, in the next election cycle, well, the 2014 election cycle, and and just studying the district, studying the areas uh, around uh, this DMV area, and just laying the groundwork and foundation to understand the community and the needs of the community and to apply that to a campaign. Um, it, it would be senseless to engage in a campaign and actively uh, participate in a campaign and and even to think that I could help some, someone in their campaign without understanding their constituency, without understanding their, their, their base. So that's primarily the, the, the biggest issue, the biggest thing burning now is, is laying the groundwork, the foundation for, for many campaigns. And if I could you chime know, in, Britton, could you tell us a little bit about um, how, what's the difference between what you do and, let's say, for instance, a, a lobbyist, so that people can really understand a little deeper about um, some of the different compartments and outside of um, politics that are working with politicians? Uh, great. Uh, no problem. Uh, Mike, one of the things that you just, uh, well, the, the spot word that you used was lobbyist, which, going back, unfortunately, in, in many cases, has a negative con- connotation. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear the word lobbyist, you just think of, of you know, greed and, and so many things that infiltrate and corrupt systems. However, we elect, the people need a lobbyist as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting the opportunity to uh, to deal with and help shape many of the people lobbyists. Mm. And the lobbyist is just simply influencing the policy, influencing the government. And the people need someone to help to, to, to speak on their behalf, to advocate. And so I'm, I'm thrilled with the honor to 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 speak with, to get to know, and to help shape and propel many of these future advocators for the common man, the lobbyists for the people. Um, and there's the difference on the difference between campaigning and lobbying per se is lobbying takes place with most active policies in influencing or creating uh, scenarios and policies in which the people people are affected. So, for instance, if there's a law that is proposed, if there's a law that people wish were proposed, they lobby for it. They simply just call, they request, they, in most cases, put forth money to see their issue come to fruition, come to some sort of result. Britton, you said something very key. You said the people need a lobbyist. That's that's powerful. And when you said, when you talk about influence, in many ways, I believe leadership is influence. Having said that, how can the people become more engaged? How can we better let our voice be heard around these issues that really affect our communities? That's a great question. 
And that's one of the things that I, I really love to delve into. Um, and I listened to the first half of the show as we talked about the usage of social media and the te- technological age that we live in now. Um, we live in, a, in a, an era where everyone is accessible 24-7. You know, we can reach them through social media. We can reach them through their Facebook pages, Twitter pages, see where they are, Instagram, see what they like to do with pictures, so many things. Everybody's so accessible. Well, translate that from just our hobbies to issues. Mm. The same approach that we take with, I wonder what my favorite athlete is doing. I wonder what my favorite movie star is up to next. Those issues that matter to us, I wonder what my child's school is planning next. I wonder what will be the next economic development that will go on in my community. Hmm. So spurring those things and utilizing social media from things like what we're doing now, these brown bag conversations, as we post them on our social media sites, people will give ear to them. People will take note. And even if it's by happenstance, that people will start to to turn their issues into their interest. Right. Hmm. That's good. That's awesome. Britton, I, I just discovered why you were our first guest. Got, that was it right there. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, you know, me, I, I wait for something to happen that gets the wheels turning. And and what you just said got the wheels turning in, in such a way that helped me, just by the way you described these actions and how they were interconnected, that shows me that you, you know how to, to, to move an issue, you know the the cogs in the wheel and how to move things forward. So that that's very interesting, and the fact that you've already understand how social media impacts those things um, puts you ahead of the game for a lot of folks out there that have been just using the um, tried and true methods that have been you know from years past. So uh, that that's pretty awesome. It's brilliant of you. Thank you, thank you. But it, I do want to remain true. And I'm a, still a firm believer in uh, in our more traditional ways of campaigning and in and in speaking, uh, because I do believe, like we talked about earlier, about the art of conversation. Mm-hmm. It is a it, it, unfortunately um, with our era of tweets and 160 characters and sound bites and sound clips, it it seems to be a dying art form. But that's where we reach the people. Constituents, people, just the common man is interested in the narrative, the backdrop of a story, you know, the Mm. narrative of a candidate. And Mm. it's so hard to express those things in 20 seconds, in 160 characters. So getting the opportunity to speak to voters, go door-to-door, grassroots, Organic grassroots, organic campaigning, while incorporating our social media. You know, those are those are, um, I guess, you know, the garnish, the 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 side dishes. But it, it's the grassroots effort. It's the boots on the ground that actually make a difference, not just with campaigning for a candidate, but advocating for our issues. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's an encouraging idea 
And we have a president that's proof positive that uh, grassroots works. Exactly. And having ideas matter. Ideas matter. Um, but I'm, I'm curious. We, we don't endorse candidates on this show. However, would you like to talk about anything pertinent that you have going on right now, issues, ideas, or, or uh, people that you're working with right now that, that you really want to our audience to know about? I do. Um, in particular, uh, we have a candidate in uh, the state of Maryland who I've known who has been a mentor to me in my professional maturity, uh, who's helped me get started, understand what I need to look for, shape the scope of a business, um, and who has been a true leader. And I I can actually attest and witness um, his economic development uh, is a gentleman by the name of Brian Woolfolk who's running for state senate in Maryland, Maryland's 26th district, uh, who's a good friend of mine, and I'm eager to continue to work with his campaign as it unfolds. And um, there's there's one more on the rise. Uh, we won't name him yet, but uh, you know we know we I know a guy who just who who just has the it. He has hmm. the it going forward, and mm-hmm. and it's not just always the charisma. It's not always the the uh, the prototype. <laughs> all the all the things and intangibles that make up the prototype, but he just has that it. And wow. it pulls you to his story, his narrative, and 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 essentially his heart. So um, that candidate will be forthcoming. I'm pretty sure Michael will get a chance to to talk with him because I'll be uh, bouncing a lot of things off off Michael <laughs> on the campaign because again, relationships matter. <laughs> Nah, I hear you, and I, and I'm going to pin you down. We have to have a meeting because um, <laughs> the knowledge and wisdom that I definitely have to tap into. You just don't get to, you know, breathe something past my face and give me a whiff and not let me sit down and, uh, you know, get a meal. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll be having that, that young man on that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right, and and as you were saying it, I, I wasn't. I kept saying to myself, is he talking about himself? No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, we'll be definitely interested. You know, people who, who care about um, our communities, um, I'm always interested in hearing um, who they are, not only who they are, but why they are that person. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really like to dig deep into that because people who, you know, put themselves out there to serve are some of the most important. They're the most important people I know, anyone who goes out there to serve. Um, Because of your impact, that makes you more important to me. So, um, yeah, we're definitely interested in um, hearing from this person. When you're ready to bring them by, you just let us know. I definitely will. I think that's one of the things that I talk with my business partner about. Um, Dale Warfield and I just, just, we go back and forth about what are we looking for, what do we see in, you know, this individual, because it's 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 not necessarily that we're looking for them as a client. These are in relationships. These are are opportunities that we're getting the chance to affect a community, affect a district, affect a precinct in in ways that ultimately they're looking for. Um, one of the commanders for for the uh, 
U.S. Navy told me one time, Phil Russell told me that this generation desires to be led. Mm. And that, that meant something to me, you know, when I heard him say it to me as a 21-year-old. And I just, I just knew, like, yes, I, I desire to be led. And so as, as much as I can do to affect and help and that Smith Warfield can do to affect and help, um, you know, we said we're all in. Mm. That's awesome. That's great. You touched on something very key, and that's one of something I, I believe strongly in, and that is servant leadership. Um, when you talk about leadership, I read a book from Justin Minkus, and he made a point. Uh, and he talked about how, as leaders, we there, there should be a subservience to purpose, meaning the purpose that we strive for. Really, in its, at its core, is the boss, is the leader. Whatever our mission, whatever our vision is. So when you talk about policy and politicians, I think it's important to have your voice in this conversation tonight because not all of our elective, you know, officials are just out here trying to see what they can get. There are men and women on right. the front lines, and people such as yourself who have who got who rolled up their sleeves and are getting their 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 hands dirty with policy. Are there any particular issues on the forefront of your mind that you want our that that you want our listeners to really be honing in? Um, yeah, to uh, introduce that point, I definitely like what you said about you know not all of our elected officials, not all of our leaders are are out for themselves or out for ulterior motives, and I. And one thing that I would like to further stress is that it it goes on both sides of the aisle. It goes on all members of, um, you know, from all members of Congress to, you know, state leaders. Um, one of the one of my former bosses told me, you know, good ideas are not bound by party line. Mm-hmm. And so, it, you know, I, and I I really appreciated that. Even though he would tease me because I would offer, often differ in him with him <laughs> about our viewpoint, but that I think as a whole, one of the issues that um, I definitely want people just to keep an eye on and to keep an eye out for are are just the uh, voting rights, voting rights right. of, on a state level, mm-hmm. and that that that's the biggest thing because you know we get caught up. And a lot of times, national issues, hot button issues, topical issues. But every time, people need to understand that they have um, their their opportunity to vote. They have to keep an eye. On, you know, they have to keep just like they tell you to check your credit score. Continue to check your credit score. Uh, you get, you know, you have to stay current with what's required for you to vote. You know, if there are changes, why are there changes? And that's, I think, the biggest issue that people need to understand. Hmm. Now, this is coming wow. from a campaign guy, so. You've got to help people get elected. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, that's great. And, and Britton, is there anything that you want to share with us as far as like websites or anything that you're doing, a way that you connect with people or, um, you know, just anything that you're doing out there to bring more attention to some of your issues that you're focusing on? Is there just some, you know, 
Twitter feeds or anything like that you want to put out there? Yes. LinkedIn, yeah. Any of that. Yes. From LinkedIn, uh, Britton Smith, B-R-I-T-T-O-N, um, Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still on there under Britton Smith, and you can go in, like my page, follow me on Twitter. Um, just, just continue to watch what Smith Warfield will will be doing. And I, I definitely will be back with more information for uh, more of these brown bags. Even if I'm not the guest, I, I'd, I'd love to still just sit and chime in. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be great. And um, I almost called one of my buddies that just sent me something today, Charles Ellison, who um, is on XM Radio, who has the show The New School. And um he loves to come and talk politics. So, yeah, next time we, we really want to hit something hard, we'll definitely bring him on board as well. And um, I'm sure that uh, we have a very enlightening conversation. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Look forward yeah. to it. Wow. So, I mean, for a first run, I think we did pretty good. <laughs> hey, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um it's a very powerful discussion. Uh, we touched on some subjects I think that aren't really being talked about out there. Um it's not often that someone who's in politics and at your level doing the things behind the scenes that you're doing, Britain, is often given the opportunity to sort of give a um a bird's eye view of um how things work and you know, your role. So um we really appreciate that. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, again, um, one of the biggest pieces that is incorporated into the politics and into the policy, you know, Michael does every day, you know, with with training for leadership, with propelling visions of our young people. So um, I'm, I'm all in support of that. Awesome. Great, you're a first great guest, and we certainly appreciate you being on the brown bag. What an honor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, Mike, I, I, I got to give you the accolades as well, man. Great job, you know. It, it went just the way I thought it would. <laughs> well, we're little, I, you know, we, if everybody will excuse the rust, we hope to get better. Uh, we hope people will grow with us. And, again, we want this to be the show to the people, for the people. And, um, you know, you can have talent. You can have gifting. But if you if you don't have opportunity you know, then it's going to, your success is going to be limited. So, Michael, let me personally thank you for this opportunity um, to allow me to connect with you. What a blessing you are, and we thank God for you. Oh, well, thank you too, Michael. And we're just about out of time, but um, before we go, I, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to close out the show. Um, I, you probably don't have it set in your mind just yet, but you'll go ahead and do that, and then I'll go right into my close. Absolutely. Let's go into our brown bag closer tonight. Um, based upon our conversation, I think there are a lot of takeaways, and that is that um, relationships matter, um, partnerships matter. We've got to be engaged in the conversations that affect us personally, our families, our communities, and we all have a voice. Join in with us on this show. We want to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at mtbrown98 capital MTB, Brown 98. You can also hit me up on my website, brownsleadership.com. If you want to check out my book, you can order it from there. And But this isn't a, this isn't a sales pitch. 
We want to engage people, engage intelligent conversations, and even if we disagree, we can still be agreeable. Awesome. Thank you, Michael, and uh, we'll just have to see you next time. Stay tuned, and we'll let you know when the next episode will be airing, and um, hopefully it will be very soon. Thank you again, and we'll check you out next time. Good night.